I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 468 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. Do I look like a hillbilly? Yes. Why? Uh, the, the hat. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. The excessive hair. <laughs> the overalls you're wearing under your plaid shirt. I can't the flies that are flying <laughs> so off you in a, circular uh, patterns. Here's what I say. This hat, it's like a, this is a fun summer hat. It's, it's red, it's yeah, yeah, blue, yeah. and it's beige. If you're a son of the soil, <laughs> no, as you claim you. to be. Fuck you. So this is a fun summer hat. There's a uh-huh. pin on it of of what? What is it? Is it a shark? I can't see from here. It's it's Quint getting eaten by the shark. Okay. In Jaws. So I was right. There is a shark. It's from um, Mondo News. All right. We plugged a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. With their VHS book. So this is, this is just a fun summer hat. Okay. It doesn't mean I'm a fucking right wing... I didn't, say, I didn't hillbilly. say anything I didn't about say your wings. I didn't say anything about okay. your guns or what you are or aren't toting. The problem is, look at this. The this, hair. This hair. I was getting there. It's getting. It's coming out of here like yeah. I'm a banshee. It's 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 coming out of its cage. It's, it's been I doing it. just fine. It's because of the. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny Whew. that's a real stretch though hair doesn't go <laughs> sure it's, it's so, true. that's how i think of the mesh at the back of the hat as a uh, cage and now your hair is coming out oh, of it. Look at, it looks like i have like a i don't even know what kind of what kind of haircut would this be and i got the flowing i don't like this i hate it and the thing is my hair is so long it's really hard to do yeah like i tried to do the other day and it just collapsed uh, under, the, under the weight of itself so like i'm like oh, i just wear a hat but like now i feel like i'm wearing like i feel like i'm wearing like a uh a, a hillbilly trucker hat <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> like hillbilly do under it, it sucks it i sucks. Uh, i mean i would i would gently tease you about your hair and your hat but if i had i wish i had hair because my head got sunburned over the weekend i know so. i know it did if i had uh if i had a tight regular haircut mm-hmm not hillbilly, right? Right. I can wear. Are you telling me yeah, I can't I mean, wear a red your right teeth a little bit? <laughs> oh, I can't wear a You're red white and blue hat. You're always playing that jug. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking out of that jug. It was just too hot. <laughs> There's three X's on it. <laughs> That'd be so funny <laughs> if someone's like, "Is Chuck a hillbilly?" And I had a jug of really hot soup. <laughs> Came around a corner and I was like blowing on the top of the jug. Why are you <laughs> soup out of the jug? That's a hillbilly move if I've ever seen one. Oh man. <laughs> no, no, they don't drink soup. They play in the jug. Anyway, I hate that I have this hair. You can see it from the side. Do you oh, want me to cut it? Good. I have clippers in the next room. I, wait, so when can I get it cut? What's the rules in Rhode Island? I don't know. Give me a rule. Just I, make it up. I tell me it and I'll follow it. Uh, Ju- uh, July 1st. Salons, but you salons be, reopening. I'll, I'll be I'm sorry, did, I say, did I say July 1st? I, mean, I did mean June 1st. Yes, good. Okay. Uh, I have a friend who does like microblading and she's like, we're hoping our salon can reopen June 1st. Yeah. I think they have to submit plans to the government to yeah. say like, these are the steps we're taking and wow. this is how we're going to do it. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Jeepers creeps. Well, I mean, it's a big deal, so. It is. Um, uh, yeah, so. Uh, how are all your ailments from last week? Okay, the, the, let's, let's go through the ailments. Right. Okay. Need, is, let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Okay, ankles and knees, yes. that whole thing. Yeah. They've been slowly improving every day. Good, I'm glad to hear it. I wake up, they do seem to hurt for about 30 seconds. Okay. And then it just goes that away. That doesn't seem, yeah, that doesn't seem well, I horrible. hope they're on the mend. Yes. Um, 
I haven't done that much editing this week, so my wrist is okay. Nice. That's good. good. My shoulder still feels weird, mm. but here's the thing. I organized my entire basement this weekend. Nice. Um, and you know I like to keep my things very organized. Oh, yeah. So that means, <clears throat> you know, a while ago, I built all these shelving units. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people helped you build those shelving units. Yeah, Brad did. And uh, we lined the entire exterior of the basement. Right. All the walls with the shelving units. So... Everything in my basement is organized into a bin, clearly labeled, put on the shelf. Right. So everything is easy to access. But over the years, obviously, you know, more things pile up. I'm like, this is this, this is this. Um, And this weekend, I sat down and did everything over again, and everything is back to normal. So anyway, I think I lifted a lot and twisted Ah, a lot until, you know, I brought stuff that I don't need to my parents' basement, did a lot of lifting and things. So like my shoulder is a little bit like, ah, a little sore, but that's fine. Yeah. Sore from use, not sore from, I don't know what's happening. That makes sense. And then, uh, of course my, uh, my dry skin patch where, uh, I've played guitar and touched my, uh, my fretboard and my high E string. Your razor sharp fretboard. (laughs) Yeah. It's really still. Do you think there's a possibility that you're slowly turning into King Koopa? Yeah. From the Super Mario Brothers movie? From the movie. Oh, yeah. That's a different King Koopa. Right. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Wow. Um, I hope so. Yes. Yoshi was was a cop out in that movie. That, uh, yeah. Toad was a cop out. A in that lot movie. of things in that movie were cop outs. I don't. I gotta say, like that's one of that's a really disappointing thing, especially because when I was a kid, I thought like now I look at it like oh people take the essence of a project and they tell their own stories. Right. When I was a kid, I thought everything one hundred percent had like a hard continuity. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I thought that like this was the full story of the video game we're playing. Wow. Yeah, I thought of it backwards. Yep. Almost. Um, yeah. Where it's like, well, all we have is eight bits to show you, but here's the real story. And I was just like, this sucks. You know, what, let's. Uh, Do I hate Mario now? That's what I've wondered. Let's let's come back to this mm. after our intros because I I would like to talk about adaptations and things along mm-hmm, along those lines. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, how's your week? It's okay. You know, we'll talk about the week as we go. Okay. Um, today, Tuesday, the 19th of May. Uh, this is not going to come out until the 21st of May, but the 19th of May. Um, Frank Five Rewind, which yes. is a video series I work on for the podcast. Tell them series. Right. Tell them Steve Dave. Yes, there we go. It's a podcast. It's a series, a video series. Um, we just came out with our Sopranos episode. Nice. Every episode of Frank Five's Rewind is about like a TV show. <clears throat> and he and Walt and Brian go through it and talk about the whole show and best episodes and interesting moments behind the scenes. And the Sopranos episode is one of my favorites. We shot a lot of different stuff for it and uh, it came out today. So if you're a fan of Tell Him Steve Dave and you haven't signed up for the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Tell Steve Dave. It's a great value. Was that what inspired you to start watching The Sopranos? Yeah, pretty much. It was uh, a couple of years ago. Gina's like, have you ever watched The Sopranos? My girlfriend. And I'm like, no, I haven't. And she's like, man, you really should. It's so good. And of course, I've seen people like it that I know and that I respect. And uh, then doing this episode kind of put me over the edge. I was like, let's just watch it. And so now we've watched every episode besides the last two. And I think we're going to watch it tonight after the podcast. That's great. Yeah, pretty good. I'm excited. I feel like you have kind of buzzed through it, although it helps, you know. Yeah, it's been about two and a half months. Right. So, and I think it's 40. No, it's more than 40. I think it's like 13 episodes a season. Okay. So five times 13 is 65. 65. Then season six has like, I think it has an initial 11. So that's 76. Yes. And then another nine. 
Okay. So that's 85. Like 85 yeah. episodes. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, but yeah, I've loved it, man. I've, I've loved The Sopranos. It's been great. And I can't wait till it's all done so we can talk about it. How much of it have you watched? Have you watched any of it? Uh, I watched the last four minutes of the finale. <laughs> that's all you've watched? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I it, it never was like a priority for me. I didn't have HBO for such a long time. Yeah. And then didn't seek it out on DVD because it was cost prohibitive. And, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about there just being too much stuff. And it was never anything that really I made it a point to take in. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Um, yeah. I know. That's, that's it kind of just went past me, too. I mean, it started when I was 15. Yeah. So I wasn't exactly super interested in like the HBO mafia drama. Right. You know. I still had to do the the bumpers, right? Which is like the outro advertisements for. Here's Mark's. Here's Mark. Here's his name. Here's the name of the special. Here's where it is. Here's the date it comes out. Right. And come up with something cool for that. And so I did that, and that came out, and it's doing really well. So go check it out. Go to YouTube.com/slash/MarkNormand and check out his new special because it's doing really well and it's a really funny special. Yes, it is. But those are kind of my new things this week. I mean, other than that, like I said, I spent hours cleaning out my basement, so I feel better about having an organized basement. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but uh, let's see. Well, the other day, when the parks reopened in Rhode Island, you and myself and my girlfriend Gina and uh, Michaela, our buddy, yep, uh, and our little puppy Swiss, we oh. went to Colt State Park in Bristol, Rhode yes. Island. And we went for a long walk. That was nice. It was. It was. It was. And that day, I had been out from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at my parents' house, just outside in the back. Um, and because I just sat in the sun for hours, you know, a social distanced, belated Mother's Day hang. Right. Um, and then I went to the Cold State, Cold State Park, and we walked around for a long time. I just had this crazy sunburn all down my forearms and across my hands. And then a crazy one on my face. And yeah. I had no idea until the next day. That's, that's you know, I uh, I spent the day, I, I picked up some uh, donuts for us and uh, for our friends, Lou and Laura. I hung out with them, socially distanced, just a pleasant visit mm -hmm. uh, with them in their backyard. And I was over there for probably an hour-ish, mm -hmm. uh, came home, was indoors, and then went on the walk with, uh, with y'all. Yeah. And uh, I was just pink, just yeah. from the neck up. And, uh, and, you know, it's the first time I'm really out uh, this this year. So first time I've seen the sun in a while. Uh, and it's, you know, basically faded. It didn't peel or it wasn't like a crazy sunburn. It was definitely, though, like you could tell I had gotten some sun. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to uh, do some Zoom calls on Sunday and Monday. And I like wore a hat and glass and really anything I could to distract from the the new hue of my face so <laughs> i like that yeah it's pretty good yeah it was great thinking i wanted to tell you a dramatic story Ooh. uh unfortunately my girlfriend gina kind of ruined some of it go ahead but i'll tell you and i'll explain why she ruined it so um there's a thing in providence rhode island right now called providence bagel okay it's, i shouldn't have said thing the thing is doomsday drive-through you know ah, about it yes so the concept is providence bagel which is a bagel place they have a drive-thru and they're letting restaurants use the drive-thru as like a pop-up right now for people to order food. Right. And, um, you know, have people go pick it up. And I think it's mostly places that don't have their own brick and mortar. That makes sense. Um, so one of the places I've been interested in trying that does not have a brick and mortar is a new place called Dip Dips. Did you see anything about this? I don't know anything about you it. You don't know anything about it? I don't it? know anything about it. Oh my goodness. I mean, I have ideas of what it is. Dip dips. It's, it's, all right. It's dipping dots plus chewing tobacco. <laughs> the dip of the future. So what it is, is it's different 
uh, French dip sandwiches. Whoa. Which okay. you're a fan of. Yes, I am. So basically... Do you, remember, been... do you remember when we tried to get Michaela to drink a shot of au jus by telling her it was coffee tequila? <laughs> I don't remember was, that. Was that uh, your show with the Ataris in Newport? Oh my God. No, yeah. I don't remember that. Um, but uh, so I've seen them on Instagram and I'm like, I'm like, I got to get these sandwiches. I haven't had a French dip in so long. I love French dips. Oh, they're so great. So... You know, and they don't have a brick and mortar, so they think they were doing like food events. And, right. You know, there hasn't been food events recently. No, there has not. So they're doing the drive-through thing this week. Oh, okay. So I was like, "Oh man, let's do it." So I'm like, "I'll pick up some sandwiches for us." Um, let me look at the menu. It went up, and I was like, oh, "You know, I'll pick. I'll pick them out eventually." So they the yesterday they posted, it's for this coming Friday, so four days from now. Right. Yesterday was Monday. It was like, um, wow, Thursday is almost sold out. You know, everyone get their orders in. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, what do we want? And I talked to Jordan. I'm going to come clean here. One day, you know, I've, I've brought people a few different foods during the quarantine. Yes. And you brought people some food. Yes. What I brought you the what? The cheddar loaf. Yes. From Seven Stars. Right. I brought you uh, Tilly's cheesesteaks. Cheese yep. Anything else? Those are the two that are at the top yeah. of my food. Brand. And I've done a couple for my grandparents. I've done a couple for my... My parents and Lou and Laura, yep. our buddies, and Michaela, we yep. brought... When we did Tilly's, Tilly's cheesesteak, yep. it was like $100. Wow. We drove like, you know, almost 50 minutes there and 50 minutes back. Right. Delivering to everyone, like, like ruined our cheesesteaks. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, oh, this kind of sucks for us. Yeah. Um, especially with such a drive and everything. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get these dip dips. And at first I was like, should we get them for everybody? And I was like... French dips. We're going to go deliver the French yeah, dips. Seems like, weird. Yeah. So I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. So, and I feel guilty about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, let's see. Let's look at the menu. And Jordan wanted this specific like main French dip. My, okay. my roommate, Jordan. So I'm like, all right, I'll get one too. Went to go add it to my cart. Can only add one. Huh? <gasps> and so I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I, this can't be right. the case. So I reached out to French to dip dips on Facebook. Yeah. They got right back to me um, in, in the next hour or so. Yeah. And they were like, hey, yeah, um, we just didn't know how much we we're going to have, but now we do. So um, we uh, we updated it. You can add as many as you want to your car. Okay, good. And I was like, cool, great. I'll get to it tonight. About another hour later, they posted online, hey, thanks, everybody. It's sold out. Whoa. <clears throat> so I was like, What? I couldn't believe it. I was so bummed. Yeah. And I was like, what should I do? So today I, I messaged them again. And I was like, hey, like I'm the person who messed. Well, they could see. Yeah. Um, man, I'm like, I guess I missed it. Uh, man. <laughs> your hat is at that point literally in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I just till the soil here in the mountains of West Virginia. <laughs> so I said, uh, I was like, oh, I can't believe I missed it. Um yeah, man, I really, I tried to order beforehand, but you know, uh, and they're like, oh, don't worry. We'll get your order in. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And they, I gave them their order and they're like, sure thing. Like pick it up, you know, Friday at 7 PM. That's great. So I'm going to try dip dips this weekend. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. Here's the thing right before the podcast. And I wanted to tell you this whole story. I wanted to make it more dramatic than that. Unfortunately, right before this podcast, right when we were about to start, my girlfriend Gina calls me and she's like, Hey, uh, can we have a, a, a night on Friday where we take the projector out and watch a movie outside at like eight o'clock? And I was like, oh, well, we already have plans to go get those sandwiches for 730. And she's like, well, 
you'll have enough time to eat. And I'm like, I don't, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're expensive. I'm sure rightfully so they're expensive. Right. Um, I want to enjoy my sandwich. I don't want to eat it while I'm like making sure that I'm, people are texting me yep. and I'm setting stuff up for people. I, I don't want to really do that. I don't want to have like the, did everyone pick up the dog crap in the backyard or the chairs set up? Right. I don't want to have that. I just want to have this sandwich right. and have this meal and not worry about the responsibility of hosting a socially distant movie night on Friday. Right. And she's arguing with me on the phone. She's like, yeah, planning your whole night around a sandwich, blah, 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 blah. So insensitive. I support. <laughs> it's so insensitive. Um, anyway, I was going to make it more dramatic for you, but uh, no, you ruined it. I, I did not know because uh, she she said, uh, she said, what are our dinner plans? And you were like, did it. Like you didn't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is he talking about? I had no idea. <laughs> I was just trying to say it kind of like that. Yeah. I didn't think it was working though. It no. It worked pretty good. I, I had no idea. Wow, that worked pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm excited for the dip tips. I yeah. wish it was a more dramatic story, but... No, it's fine. Gina took the wind out of my sails yet again. It happens. Um, speaking of uh, delivery of food... Yes. My grandfather turned 95 hey! last Friday. Happy birthday, Papa. Happy birthday, Papa. And, uh, you know, he's over his his head trauma that I told you about. Yes, I'm glad um, to hear it. Yeah, he's doing good. But I was like, man, what do you get a, you know, a well-off old old codger? Were you going to call him a coot? I guess an old coot. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to reinforce the hillbilly thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mom's like, well, he loves jelly donuts. He's flipping out for jelly donuts all the time. Gross. And I was like, okay, well, let me think of a cool way to give him a jelly donut because I don't want to be like, hey, it's your birthday. I bought you a jelly donut. It just right. seems, I was like, let me think of like a good one or something. So I'm putting online on Reddit, on the Rhode Island Reddit, on the Providence Reddit. Where can I get a jelly donut for my grandfather? Where can I get? And everyone's like, PV Donuts, need donuts. PV yep. Donuts, need donuts, which are the two best donut places around. Right. But they are not doing pickup at all right now. Right. So I kind of put it on with what I thought was the subtext of like, right now, during this quarantine, yes. when there are so many limitations, who knows where I can go and pick one up? Right. And people are like, how about this place? And I'm like, they're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I can't get it. I can't yeah. do it. So anyway, a little annoyed. Uh, I woke up and I was like, I got to find these donuts. So I went on a donut hunt and I went to just like bakery, 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 bakery all day. Like That's eight. Funny. I wow. went eight from, from my house in Warren uh-huh. up through Barrington, Riverside, East Providence to Providence. Just went to all these bakeries and was like, give me the jelly donut. I want a jelly donut. So I got them uh, from Vienna Bakery in Barrington. Nice. Blueberry powder jelly donut. Good. From uh, hmm, Shiloh's in Riverside. Yep. I got them a uh, raspberry Bismarck. Okay. Fancy. Sounds fancy. And then from, uh, then people were saying a lot of things. Honeydew, honeydew. Really? Like the chain, And the I was franchise. like, honeydew. And I know I'm not here to shit talk anybody. So, <laughs> so I guess that's up to me. <laughs> Let me tell you about Honeydew. No, I'm not I'm trying just, to shit talk kidding. Honeydew. It's just like, you know, I'm not thinking of fast food drive through places right. as like, oh, he's, here's the special birthday donuts. Right. Right? Yes. Um, I was like, so many people said Honeydew. And they're like, oh, they make a surprisingly good jelly donut, blah, blah. Found a Honeydew. Okay. Went inside. Said, give me two jelly donuts. Okay. Because I got to do the test. Yeah, of course. You don't want to give your grandfather... Do you remember the jelly donut from Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze? No. You don't remember? I do not. <laughs> what do you think the context was? I, a turtle ate a donut? <laughs> Listen. 
I honestly... Are I, you guessing or do you know? I, I don't know. I am guessing. <laughs> Here's what happened. Oh, good. This is the dramatic story. <laughs> no Gina to ruin this one. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about... So Gina. Shredder... It's kind of weird. <laughs> what did Super Shredder. <laughs> no, that's no, how no. he became... Super Shredder... I don't think he has uh, the... I think I don't think he has the brains. I think he's all bronze. Oh. Wait. I... I I don't know if I've seen Secret of the Use. Oh, 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 you shouldn't have said that to me. I, I know. I, I, was tr- I was trying to dance around it. So happy. Gina, we're not finishing The Sopranos until Brad and I watch TMNT 2. Because to, to you, the ooze is still a secret. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it should be. no idea what's going I've on. I've seen the their babies scene <laughs> multiple times that you have shown me I whether that. I want to see it or not. Much, much like the that. ending of Godzilla 2000. Oh, that's the best. In Madison bu- Square Garden? Yes. <laughs> that part is the best. You're like, have you ever seen that? I'm like, yes, you keep showing it to me. <laughs> that's the best. Oh. If you haven't seen the part in Godzilla 2000. No, it's not Godzilla 2000. It's Godzilla came out. It's just called Godzilla. Maybe? There is a Godzilla 2000. Okay, it's, it's the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Matthew Broderick Godzilla. At one point, they go into Madison Square Garden, and Godzilla had babies, and they're basically like Godzilla raptors running around Madison Square Garden. Coolest part of the movie. Me and Brad, Brad's never seen it. We're going to watch it tonight. No, no, I've seen it multiple times. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and they're babies. <clears throat> yes. So in Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, really interesting, because Turtles 1, which you've seen, yes. because we just watched it. Multiple times, yes. And it's like, good. Yeah. Turtles 2, they were like, make it more like the cartoon. Okay. So it's a lot more slapsticky and silly. Yeah. Opens with a great fight sequence. I don't know if you haven't seen this. I think it's I've, Ernie I, Ray's Jr. I've seen the fight sequence. The it's, it's, it's in a mall, right? And, and Donatello's like this. Yeah. Yes, I know what Donatello was like. <laughs> Run the world. Remember was the sausages? The, was there was there uh, cheese pizza involved in this one, or is that okay? I mean, come on, who are you yeah, kidding? I know. Uh, but uh, what happens in the movie is they take they find the ooze, right? And I think Baxter Stockman is working for Shredder. I definitely have not seen this. Really? Really. He's only a man. He's not a fly. Okay. And uh, he says, like, Shredder's like, he's like, we need these, you know, turtles. Like, like we need our own turtles. Right. Or like something like like beasts. Right. And they, they take the ooze, which the, they came from TCRI or TGRI. In the comics, it was one. In the movies, it was a different one. Okay. And. TCBY. Is that what you're thinking of? No, it's TCRI. Okay. And they find these dandelions that are like huge. And they're like, oh my God, the ooze made this. Right? Okay. And they're like, this is the ooze made the turtles. That's a leap, yeah. I turned them from turtles, babies, regulars. Yes. Humans, turtles. Yeah, well, I mean. You know, not human, humanoid. Humanoid. And so Shredder's like, I need my own beast. Baxter Stockman is like, we're doing it. We, like, we got a snapping turtle and a wolf. And oh, okay. he turns them into Toka and Razor. Yes. Who you've seen. Yes. And Shredder's like, they're babies. Yes. Remember that? Yes, Have I do. That? Yes, I do. Yes, you've shown it to me. <laughs> Anyways, Toka, if, at one point, Shredder captures the turtles, and he's like, you're going to fight Toka and Razor. And they come out, and they're like, rawr, 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 rawr. Uh-huh, and they're yep. scary. Yeah. And of course, I'm frightened now. Someone. April O'Neil. Helps the turtles come up with an antidote. Okay. And they bake them into jelly donuts. Oh. And they serve the jelly donuts in this fight to Toka and Reza. Okay. And they love the jelly donuts and they eat them. Okay. Hmm. Did you do this? I think that for- they open the donuts and they, they realize it's an antidote and they don't eat the antidote. That would be weird. <laughs> that is weird. Why does that happen? 
Anyway, my papa. Did you do this for your papa? (laughs) Baby. (laughs) Is that me? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, uh, Anyway, I guess I just thought of that because I thought about the idea of breaking a jelly donut in half. Okay. This reminds me of Toka and Razor. Got it. Um, So anyway, why Toka and Razor? Where do they come from? I I don't know at all. They're basically like Bebop and Rocksteady substitutes. Right. But they were never in the movies either. That seems weird. They were never in the, the original three. They were in... The oh, reboot, yeah, yeah, the, Meg- the, reboots, the yes. second Megan Fox Turtles. Yes, that's right. But why did they not use them in the original Turtles movies? I really don't know. That's really strange. Is there a is there a rights issue? Eh, we'll it seems see. seems weird. There would be a rights issue if they have all the other characters from the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they add these two kind of generic henchmen. Yeah, that's hench re- beasts. Yeah, that's really strange. Does it? Uh, Token Razor. Eleven things. Uh, okay, ready? Here we go. Here yep. we go. I'm gonna find this out. Uh. Behind the scenes facts about Turtles 2. Uh, Ernie Ray's. Toka and Razor replaced Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. When you think of bumbling henchmen, the names Bebop and Rocksteady immediately come to mind. They're the prototype for incompetence. In fact, the only thing more useless than them is a politician. Why is this person inserting this into here? As soon as the news of The Secret of the Ooze broke, the movie, many fans were hoping we'd see the mutated Warthog and Rhino in a live action adventure. That's Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. No one expected a mutated alligator snapping turtle and a gray wolf named Toka and Razor. So what gives? Bebop and Rocksteady were originally in the plans for the movie. The problem was that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were against it due to licensing issues. Huh. Despite being a huge part of the lore now, the characters were designed by Laird while negotiating the action figure deal with Playmates and their origins were written by David Wise for the animated show. Oh. Much like Harley Quinn. Yes. So you can see a sticky who owns what situation there. That makes sense. So it was licensing. All right. Oh, good job, Chuck. You figured it out. You're like a detective. Yes. Oh, my, my huge ego is coming out. Chuck Staten, hillbilly detective. <laughs> coming, <laughs> coming this fall to TNN. Oh, you're making me so insecure about this hair. <laughs> hillbilly detective. Man, I don't know if I feel more uh, insecure about anything than being thought of as a hillbilly. <laughs> That's weird. I wonder where that came from. Anyway. Because um, I'm not very hillbilly-ish. No. Right? I have uh, tender feet. But um, so you don't like, do a lot of like uh, well, like barefoot like land living. Okay. Like a, like a farmer wouldn't have tender feet. No, I wouldn't. I'm like a city that. boy. Yeah. Like a soft hands. Yeah. You're a suburb boy. Right. So anyway, um, donuts. So I went to Honeydew, got myself a jelly donut to test. Yes. Got another jelly donut for the old man. Right. And uh, I was like, well, because that's the one thing is these donuts are like a dollar, dollar fifty. Right. Excellent jelly donut. Interesting. Not powdered sugar, regular sugar, granulated uh-huh. grape jelly. Great. So I, I went to his house and I gave him three different jelly donuts. No, it's great. Guess which one he liked the most? Honeydew. Honeydew all the way. Wow. Happy 95th, Papa. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, the reason I bring this up, not just because I was delivering food like right. Robin Hood, but also... Did Robin Hood deliver food? He took from the rich. Uh-huh. AKA the franchise holders of Honeydew Donuts. Really? And he gave to the poor, my grandfather, who is not poor. <laughs> uh, no, so um, I wanted to talk about this because I listened to a really interesting podcast that day. And it is uh, Steve-O from Jackass Guys. Right. He has a new podcast called Wild Ride with Steve-O. Okay. And originally it was going to be a van that he drove around and podcasted while he drove. Made sense. A lot of safety issues. Yep. And... Um, so now it's just a traveling podcast studio, same van. Right. And they're only doing call-ins because quarantine. Yes. 
and Nick Swartzen was on it. Oh, all right. And they did a podcast. I'm like, oh, I'll see how this is. It was great. I thought it was really, really good. I thought that uh, Nick Swartzen made me laugh out loud a bunch of times. I love Swartzen. Yeah, he's great. Um, he talked a lot about Steve-O doing stand-up, and uh, it was just a great episode. I thought it was really, really fun. Nice. And it was. they told some stories that were really interesting. Like, you know, you should go listen to it. Go listen to Steve-O's uh, Wild Ride with Steve-O, um, the podcast. But he was telling a story about how, like, they became friends and talked about stuff when Steve-O found out that Johnny Knoxville was making Bad Grandpa without the Jackass guys. Right. And he had all these ideas that were kind of going nowhere. And so he went to Nick Swartzen and talked to him about, I guess, comedy in general, stand-up and stuff. Right. Just a lot of good uh, a lot of good anecdotes and stories, and it was really, really interesting. And I think uh, if you like comedy and you like Jackass, you like Steve-O, it's a great listen. Yeah. Um, and Steve-O is really interesting about just kind of talking to Nick Swartzen about writing and performing. It's a really like fun um very straightforward interview where i think as nick swartzen says a lot of like very funny off the cuff stuff um and that's I also unsurprising that he, yeah. he was he was hospitalized for like i don't want to um exaggerate but i think he was hospitalized for like three weeks for like wow a combination of alcohol poisoning and pneumonia Oof. and like and like he hasn't drank in like eight months now Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even really talk about it that much in depth on that podcast. Right. But I, I searched for something, and a clip came up of it from the Tiger Belly podcast, which is Bobby Lee's podcast right. on YouTube. And I was like, holy shit. Um, because they kind of talk about the idea of like being morally conflicted with, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Glorifying like like hard like drugs and right not hard drugs necessarily but like also like the hard drinking part of yeah. that kind of stuff hard living hard living which is what we do down in tennessee yep. is that a hillbilly tennessee mm. yeah i think so there there are probably hillbillies in tennessee give me the hillbilly states Ugh. in, in my, west virginia is the first one that comes to mind west virginia um yep. although that may just be because i interviewed at marshall university several oh, years ago yeah and they didn't hire me so maybe i'm like now ascribing negative characteristics to the whole state yeah um you know i'd say any anywhere in appalachia you know it's probably hillbillies in mississippi <laughs> really What's appalachia what does that mean like around the appalachian mountains oh, okay yeah um you know me like more so what makes you a hillbilly isn't where you live it's what's in here that counts <laughs> is that me yes what are the what are the what are the uh what are the attributes of a hillbill oh uh, i think there's a like a, a lack of book learning uh, I have a little bit of book learning. Possibly uh, supplemented with. Um, <laughs> Look, I, not only do I have this, uh, these, this like crazy hair, my arms and face are sunburned. Yeah. So, so in the video right now, I'm, they're like, this. If someone's watching this for the first time, it's like, why is this hillbilly trying to pretend he's not a hillbilly? <laughs> yes. I'm not a hillbilly. I know that it looks. I look like a goddamn hillbilly. I mean, you, you are. I'm looking at myself in this screen, and I'm a hillbilly. All right. I'm judging myself as a hillbilly. All right. Well, if you're a hillbilly, if, I, if you truly believe that's what you want to be, then, uh, you know, spread those wings. I'm hillbilly. not a hillbilly. I have no... Okay. Anyway, lack of book learning. Uh, and that's supplemented with, uh, like, you, you've learned to live from the land. Yeah. That, like, you know, I, as a city boy, would come and I'd be like, oh, my compass says this. And you'd be like, you know... It's going to rain or whatever, and uh, and I'd be like, "What? No, there's the 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 Your high compass is telling you it's going to be sunny." Yeah, the, I'd be like, "Oh, the hygrometer says this," and you'd be like, "All right, hygrometer." And, and then I would be like caught in a rainstorm and possibly washed out to sea somehow. Okay. Um. So I think that's that's an element. Um. 
kind of a, a, a disregard for uh, propriety. Um, like if you went, if you as a hillbilly went to a fancy dinner, you know, like, oh, I have this vase and you'd be using it as a spittoon. <laughs> I have spit into a vase. Yes. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> using it as a spittoon it's so specific <laughs> yes it is um i don't think i'm a hillbilly all right gonna be honest just thinking about what you're saying yeah i like a fancy dinner i like a gadget and right? I, th- I i think there's also uh i'm dis- not self-sufficient dis- in any way dis- or form. <laughs> distrust for authority like oh i don't like authority right yeah that's true like if the government was like hey this is this is our land you'd be like it's my my daddy's land or whatever oh, yeah well, and, well why are they taking it uh you know what? is it my daddy's land you know what? Your daddy has lived there a long time. He didn't pay his taxes because he distrusts the government. And so they're there to repossess the land. And you're like, you can't repossess the land. And then boom, it rains and they get washed out to sea. Maybe you're a wizard. Maybe you're a weather wizard. <laughs> I do. I do pay taxes. Yes. Uh, so what have you been up to this week? Um, it was a, a you know, I, I think a lot of people during these are, are having up days and down days. And I think I had a couple down days in a row and uh, and didn't, didn't enjoy that. So... Um, but, you know, today's an up day, and I'm going to celebrate that instead of dwelling on the down days. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you uh, briefly about adaptations. Okay. <clears throat> we were talking about... Like Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles or the Mario movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished reading a book series by Michael J. Sullivan, Age of Myth and Legend. Basically, he wrote a series of six books, self-published in like 2011, called The Ryara Chronicles. And we talked about this a little bit on the Brammies and Chammies podcast um, you know, basically printed now by Delray Books, three books that contain two stories each. They all tie together. But basically, he wrote this whole sep- saga, se- sex, sexology. I don't know what you call a group of six books. Mm-hmm. Uh, sextet uh, wrote it all at once and then published it separately, so that way everything kind of ties together. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, a lot of fantasy authors that tend to write one book at a time and like, oh, it's going to be a trilogy. Oops, now it's four because there's too many plot lines to juggle, et cetera, et cetera. So, sure. um, so he wrote that. Then he was like, oh, people love these characters and I have them starting 11 years into their relationship. I'm going to go back and write prequels, mm-hmm. one for each year leading up to the events of these six books. Wow. And so it's a fantasy world. So he's created this mythology and he's like, you know what I'm going to write next? I'm going to go back and I'm going to write a trilogy that like these myths are based on. So it would be, um, basically they're like, oh, we, you know, we believe in these four gods and like, this was the first emperor and blah, blah, blah. And so you go back in these books and you learn the story of how this first empire was formed and like, oh, all right, well, he's venerated as this heroic figure in 3000 years, but back now, you know, back now he's, he's not. So they tell that story and his, his original intent was three books. And then he's like, there's more to it than that. <clears throat> like one character made an offhanded comment, like, and as he wrote it, he's like, huh, that's weird. And he's like, no, I have to tell that story. So he wrote basically six books set 3000 years before his first six books and uh super interesting method of telling a story and kind of the same thing where he basically wrote trilogy A, then trilogy B, it all ties together. Makes sense. I really enjoyed reading it. Super easy to read. Uh, but as I was going through, I'm like, man, I, I think about a lot of these properties, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, Wheel of Time, Dark Towers, tried it, being made into television shows, Outlander, Sword of Truth, like a, a lot of them. <clears throat> and it has always bugged me that 
these shows are filmed live action and not animated. Now, I don't know production costs for an animated series, but it seems to me you're spending so little on like CGI and effects for, you know, magic or uh, backgrounds or whatever, that doesn't animating something fantastical like this, where you're not limited mm. by reality, by any way, shape, or form, doesn't that make more sense than doing live action? Are there adult dramas that are animated? See, and that's the other thing, but not like less so in America. I know they have Castlevania that came out mm. for, it's on Netflix. Is it anime? Yes, I, I kind of anime style that you know the, right. the like Bojack Horseman was animated, mm -hmm. and that's a show aimed at adults. It's a comedy, right? But if you're if you're, I guess if you're telling these stories and American audiences are latching onto them, yeah, are American audiences la latching onto them for the story, for the art style, for the fact that they're simply Japanese? Like, and and I'm sure there are some people who are like, hey, it's Japanese culture, I want it. But wouldn't it make sense to adapt some of these properties as an animated, uh, I guess, property, as an animated series? Well, I guess I guess <clears throat> the question is, like, you know... And again, I don't know anything about the costs. What, what happens with movies and stuff is that essentially they say, we tried to make this and this didn't work, so right. people don't want this. We tried to make this and this didn't work, so people don't want this. And basically, film and TV projects seem to go through different periods of time where certain things are either common or successful or whatever and certain things are not so in other words leading up to the movie wedding crashers yep r-rated comedies were kind of out right then they came back in yep then they were kind of out again right and it's weird it's almost i don't know if it has to do with changing culture or just studios wanting to take less risks at different times possible but it, can you think of the last time a big studio made a dramatic animated thing oh, for adults no not not in America. Maybe they just so you're and you're saying, well, there is there's, there is stuff that gets popular right from other places. So yes. why don't we make any right? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'd have to look at what the the popularity is because if this is something that comes out on DVD or used to come out on DVD and now comes out in streaming services right. like Crunchyroll or even it gets bought by Netflix, right? Is it popular enough to warrant? HBO or these bigger companies actually making it and airing it as a premiere show. Right. So in other words, if they buy the rights to Sword of Truth or whatever right. these shows are, yeah. are they do they think that having the rights to those shows is it going to appeal to enough people to support it? Because I think right. the idea of like Game of Thrones, yep. And we know that that like took over the world. Yes. And I can think of all these people I know that watched it. Right. And I can I can tell that most of them would not have watched it if it if, was an animated show. Yeah. And because because this some of this stuff like, but are there people enough people who are niche audience people right, that would that, that would it? warrant it? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. Right, it's really strange because now that you say that, I've never really thought about the idea that like, yeah, there's just not animated adult shows that are dramas. I know, and and it's uh, again, if I if I had the economics behind the scenes to say, oh, all right, um, you know, it it. Uh, doing a, a ten episode season of of this, yeah. adapting books one and two of, of the Ryra books. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, you can. Ah, it's, it sucks because in my mind, like instead of telling this movie story, instead of telling the story of the Dark Tower, yeah, in a, a ninety minute movie, and <clears throat> leaving out quite a bit, um, you know, stretching that to a ten episode 
mm-hmm. you know, series, animated or otherwise, probably animated, because again, you're not mm-hmm. limited. You're not constrained. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just a, a better way to tell the story, but I think Western audiences tend to look at animated stuff as for kids, but- Or for comedies. Right. But like, there are so many people now taking in these other things- I would, I would, if if I had you know unlimited funds, uh, which I don't, I would try and buy the rights and have it kind of recast or adapted and released in Japan and yeah. like have it come out there first and see how it does to an audience that can already accept and appreciate yeah media like this yeah. and then worry about oh, okay it has to make the trend uh, the transition to American audiences but it it is you know, an American story. Well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I just, I just Googled it real quick and I, and that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's people saying, why are there no more, why are, why aren't there more serious emotional animated dramas? Right. It's time for animated dramas. Why are there no American animated dramas? Um, wow. That's really interesting. Will the adult animate animated drama ever be accepted? Um, I don't know. I never thought about this before. I guess it's because like certain people, this is one of the things I wonder about that's, that's really hard to, um, it's almost hard to vocalize exactly the difference between these type of people. So let's right. say there's me and you. Yes. Right. Let's say. And we're interested in mainstream culture. Right. As well as, um, you know, independent projects. Right. And we like uh, Marvel movies and smaller indie films and Fast and the Furious and South Park Right. And, uh, you know, you like Game of Thrones. Right. We like Walking Dead. We like Westworld. We kind of stay on top of culture. Right. And, and we and we also seek out stuff that we like that is smaller. Right. You know, we just, I just watched uh, Arkansas. We just watched The Invitation. Right. All these different things. And we are people who are like, this actor is really good. Oh, we heard this news about this movie. Oh, we heard this news about right. this movie. This is coming out. Oh, man, this great story, whatever. You read books. I like comic books. We like music, all these different things. And we're, we're kind of connoisseurs of culture, of pop culture right. and underground or independent culture. And there's a lot of people like us out there. Yes. Right? Every single one has a podcast, just like this. Yes. And uh, except they don't have 467 episodes. They don't. Um, they have 465. Yes. Because they started two weeks after us. Um, but uh, so then there's there's us. And so you're the person watching, let's say, Game of Thrones. Right. However, there's another group of people who are not interested in really seeking anything out that's too independent. Right. They kind of live their lives. Some of them have families. Some of them have jobs, jobs like desk jobs. And they're just less interested in art. They're less interested yeah. in pop culture and culture. Yep. And those people are kind of really their likes and dislikes are kind of dependent on what's advertised to them right. or what takes culture by by hold. Yes. Right? Takes hold of culture. Um, and they just probably say, well, I don't have time to stay on top of these things. Right. And in actuality, they probably don't have a lot of time, but they also probably just don't care that much. It's not part right. of their interest. For yeah. us, it's the interest of making things yes. as part of it. So that person watches Game of Thrones. And you might give Game of Thrones a chance if it's an animated drama. Right. And that person wouldn't. Right. And so here's the question. What percentage of people are like you and what percentage of people are like them? It's it's a low percentage of people like me. You think so? I do. You think it's mostly the mainstream people yes. who kind of watch whatever's popular? I mean, it's, it's I a, heard this was it's good. A bell I heard curve. this was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I think I'm I'm to the right. I, I guess I'm far to the side of one of the ends of the bell curve. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on what the axes are. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it's weird because it's like, all right, so Castlevania has an animated show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, how popular is Castlevania? But the name has been around for so long. Sure. Uh, for, you know, literally at this point, 35 years. So even if people aren't super familiar with like, oh, Castlevania won, Simon Belmont or whatever, right. they've heard the the word Castlevania before. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's weird to me that Amazon is like, we're going to make a Wheel of Time series. Now, mm-hmm. the Wheel of Time is a series of, I think, 14 books, 14 novels and a novella. And, you know, let's call it 15,000 pages mm-hmm. and uh, multiple locations. And like, if you were going to film it in and be at least somewhat true to that, it would take a long time to do that. And you're dealing with characters aging, characters passing away, like all these, all these different things. What if you're filming and it's a pandemic? If it's an animated series, you're less worried about voice actors aging you're less worried about, you know, disruptions to your travel schedule. And uh, and and again, you're not constrained like, okay, well, we don't have the budget to do this sequence. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're going to do this sequence because we can draw it mm-hmm. uh, for the same price as drawing a, a non-fantastical sequence. So I don't know. I think about... Uh, I, I think about that because I read these series. You know, Brandon Sanderson has, uh, has a, a series that's ongoing. Book four comes out this November. And I'm like, man, so much of this is like an honor-based culture. Yeah. Uh, I think he wrote it with Korean culture in mind. And it just seems to me that, you know, why isn't an anime company snapping up the rights to this? Because it's it's got a built-in audience. <clears throat> the story is epic and like fits with other anime themes. And uh, I don't know. It it's just, t- it, t- just t- it just seems like it's right there. It's tough. I mean, in terms, that's kind of a different question. Right. But in terms of the other one, it's it's kind of like, you know, the same reason that it took so long for an R-rated superhero movie right. to really be made seriously. Right. Deadpool. Yep. Like, it's it's one of those things where people that are in charge of the money yep. say, oh, if we make a PG-13 Iron Man, uh, then this many people see it. Right. And if we make an R-rated Iron Man, not, I'm not saying that this happened, but right. just hypothetically, then even if the same amount of people go to see it, let's say 45% of that audience is not allowed to see it because it's an R-rated movie. Right. We're going to make the PG-13 Iron Man. Yeah. And so if there are tests that say live action show versus animated show in terms of people that will watch a drama. Right. You know, what percentage of people will watch that? I think it's the same kind of thing where they're just like, no, let's go to the thing that people are used to and know and accept. Yep. But something will come along and change that, I bet. Although I'm surprised, I'm really surprised there, there yeah. hasn't been. I will say, you know, the series, both both series, both the the Ryra, it's, it's Ryra Revelations is mm-hmm. the is the, the original six books. The Ryra Chronicles is yeah. them meeting, and then the Age of Myth and Legend is the the prequel series, three thousand years. And he's working on three more books, like in the middle. Damn. To kind of bridge the gap. How many <clears> people read this book series? You know what? I don't know because it was initially self-published, then picked up by a small publishing company, then picked up by a major publishing company. Uh, but that was like the first six. 
and then I think the the Chronicles. This like the the six prequel books I think are all self published. Wow! Like through Kickstarter and wow. and so it's like so this guy's kind of I'm not saying struggling, but you know no, he's he, really he's he's not struggling. He's doing great. I don't mean to struggle you. Yeah, I mean I mean I mean like uh, I think it was a conscious choice where he's like, no, I want to write the books I want to write. Wow! On my schedule, so yeah. um, he's he's also like super genuine. Yeah, uh, where he's like, hey, here's my email address, and so I emailed him after I finished the first books last year. And I'm like, hey, I really enjoyed it. Like, I started reading it because of this short story that you had published elsewhere. He's, uh, you know, I just want to say it's like, keep up the good work. It's it's going to win a, a Brammy for book of the year. Yeah. And he's like, wow, I don't think anyone's ever gotten to my stories through that short story. So like, I'm glad. And he just seems like a, a genuine guy. His forewords and afterwards. And that's great. Um, like, I'm rooting for him to like have a good day as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's if, great. If, if folks out there like fantasy novels and haven't checked these out, the author is Michael J. Sullivan. Nice. That's great. Yep. Michael J. Yep. A couple of them. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I just never thought about that before. Yep. Yeah. So you beat a, you got some video game beating I do. news. Oh my goodness. More fantasy stuff. I finished the game Dishonored 2. Wow. And it was for the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I didn't have pay. It's, it's weird because I'm like, oh, I played the first Dishonored, but I don't remember why I started it. I think yeah. it's... It either you you tend to give games a chance. It's it's maybe it's made by the same people who made Skyrim or something. Sure, sure. And it's a stealth game, which I don't typically do. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, ah, oh, Dishonored 2. I just kind of want a, a game to to play to yeah. like, you know, that has a story that I can advance, whatever. Yeah. Um but I used a walkthrough for almost I'd say 85% of the game. Uh, and recently I finished, I think, Ori and the Blind Forest, and I also used a walkthrough for much of that. Yeah. How do you feel about video game walkthroughs? Um, you know, it's hard because when I was a kid, I remember like using like some of them for like Mario 64 to get all the stars. Yep. But as I got older, well, it depends. It's like I loved Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Which I probably got in 2015, 2014. <sighs> yeah. Or 2013. Yeah, it's, I think late 2013. When, when the Xbox One launched. Yep. Um, and I remember I enjoyed the game so much. And this happened to me with Grand Theft Auto 4, maybe Saints Row, Red Dead Redemption, that I looked up all the secret stuff yep. that you can't necessarily find just by yourself or that's right. hard to find by yourself Yeah. after I did the game in my own way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so... I think essentially utilizing it like that is as far as I'll go. I will say this, though. I played through Mario Odyssey. Right. And I played through the game. And when you play through the game, like literally like 50% of the game opens when you beat the when you beat the boss. Right. Went back. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go back and get all the moons, you yep. know, which is all the missions in the game. Um, and uh, at first I was like, I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll walk through a level. I'll find what I find. And then I'll look at the list and see what's left. And I'll look through a walkthrough. Yep. And I was kind of doing that. And then I realized I was really depending on the walkthrough and I, I wasn't having fun anymore. Yep. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm like, let me, I beat the world I was in. And I was like, let me do the next one and really try to find everything without the walkthrough. Yep. And it was a million times more fun. And I basically found like, I'd say 90% of the moons by myself. Oh, that's great. And so then I'm relying on the walkthrough to be that final 10% right. per level just to get all of them. Yep. So honestly, it really discouraged me from using walkthroughs. Okay. But like, you know, in some games, like in Grand Theft Auto 4, I remember there was like, it was called like Chance Encounters or something. Yeah. And you had to like walk down a street at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. 
and bump into this person and it put you on this mission. Right. So they're kind of like a necessary evil, I think, in some games. And then in some games, I bet you like need them completely, like 100%. Right. Like in, in, I'll put it this way. <clears throat> in GTA 4, it's a necessary evil to beat 100% of the game or find 100% of the missions. But in some games, I bet you need it for a very large part of the game. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's tough. It's it's not as fun for me to read something and just do what it says and walk through. Okay. But one time I was playing through a game called The Darkness. Yeah. Do you remember that game? Uh, I never played it, but yes, I remember the cover. And me and Lou played it together. Right. Where I was playing it, I had the controller. Right. And Lou sat on a couch and he had my his phone and he was like, okay, you got to go down this alley and talk to this guy and do this. And we were kind of doing it together with him reading it to me and yeah. figuring it out. And that was very fun. That was how we did Silent Hill. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Resident Evil 2. Yeah. It was me reading things. Uh, two of my residents when I was an RA, yeah. uh, Scott Lushevsky and Matt Suddeth were playing the game and I was coaching them through it. Yeah. And then we finished. And then because I remembered everything, I went and played it like on their PlayStation so I could get like a faster time and a better grade or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, it is fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's fun. But by, but sitting in my house by myself, reading on a phone how to do every mission and just doing what it says, uh, I don't see have this, fun doing that. I want my people to be, my, my character to be as powered as possible. And so it's like, you have to get runes and bone charms. And I'm like, <laughs> how do, where do I get I these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it started out, how do I find like the runes on level two? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this tells me where every enemy is and mm -hmm. what room and what route I should take and how to get the achievements. Sure, and, sure. So I, I did that, and then uh, so I finished that game, and I started playing the game Control, uh, which has gotten great reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't looked at a walkthrough for that yet, but I'm sure it'll come. Yeah, uh, that's a weird, weird game so far. So we'll see yeah, yeah, how yeah. that shakes out. I'm still doing Mario Odyssey, still yep. trying to 100 percent it. Yep, and then hopefully I'm going to beat Red Dead Redemption Two, and then maybe Spider Man. Oh man, for Sony, I and love then maybe Last of Us Two. Yep, and I still want to look into um, Days Gone. Yep. For PS4. But then, of course, you and I and Jordan and our buddy Bilal are all beating uh, World War Z right now and having yep. a great time online. A couple online. missions left, yeah. And then I think we're going to play Streets of Rage 4 this week. Yes, we talked about the first too. three Streets of Rages last week. Chuck did, in fact, finish Streets of Rage 3 and get the good ending. I did. So... <clears throat> Good work that you got all by yourself without any cheats whatsoever. Uh, a couple of cheats in there. Uh, game Genie, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, that's our video game update, I guess. Yes. <laughs> uh, final thing this week is a short podcast. I, I have a couple movies. Yeah, that's, that's what we're oh, talking about. The final thing. Okay. I'm going to get into mine first because mine is like not really a movie. Okay. Discovery. Got it. So last week we were talking about... Uh, dip Dip Sandwiches. Scream 5. Yes. Now Scream 5 is, you know, Nev Campbell's in talks for it. Right. This week they announced that David Arquette's going to star in it. I did see that. Um, and last week I was like... Last week you were waxing ecstatic about Scream 4 and your love for that film. And, and yes. you know, even though I don't clearly remember it, I remember enjoying it in general. So... I love Scream, the original Scream movie. Yes. For a million reasons. I could do a whole podcast about it. Please don't. We've, we've already done one. Yep. At least one. Yep. And I love Scream, and I remember loving Scream 4. Right. Which came out way later. Emma Roberts, Hayden Maybe Benetier. 15 years later. Yeah. And because it was kind of this uh, combination of a reboot as well as a sequel, a requel, and uh, I watched it again this Friday because we talked about it on the podcast and I was like, man, this came out in 2011 and I'm, yeah. it's 2020. It's yep. ten, nine years. I had no idea. I still think of it as like, didn't we go last weekend? Yep. And uh, 
we put it on we, we first of all we put on scream the original scream uh kind of like casually yeah watching a couple th- you know just kind of going through it talking about it enjoying it and then i was like let's watch scream four and so jordan my roommate my girlfriend gina and i we sat down to watch scream four i watched it i'm so sad to admit this i don't know how good it is oh okay so what happened was it has this amazing opening great opening right you remember that yes it has uh yeah yeah bait and switch two of them yep oh, so good so fun it has uh emma roberts in it who's great yep hayden Panettiere or yep. Panettiere, whatever it's great um <coughs> obviously the original cast courtney cox david arquette yep uh the girl who plays annie what's her name from community oh. uh allison brie allison brie yep awesome everyone it's, it's so it's good cast um the two cops are good i forget their names and i'm watching it and i'm like huh like oh, this is okay then it gets to a scene in the school where they go to cinema club and they kind of redo the original movies the rules of horror movie right. bit um but how the rules have changed and now the rules are inverted and they go through the whole new rules yep great and then i really like the concept of the ending yep which we talked about last week it's sydney the main character like you know she's the main protagonist in this series and in this movie her cousin who is kind of similar to her in this friend group that's similar to the original scream friend group right she ends up being the killer because she wants to replicate the attention and the success that sydney got after scream right okay the events of scream i really like that ending written um from a writing standpoint the rest of the movie between those three scenes feels pretty paint by numbers Ooh. and pretty like do i actually like those things do i actually like this scene and this scene and this scene the way this progresses this 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 and it all felt kind of i don't want to say hollow but it just kind of felt like the movie was just moving along in a way that was not exciting to me or not interesting to me okay and i wonder if when we went to go see it in 2011 was i just so excited for the screen movie the new screen movie that you were and, and also invested in the mystery right wondering where they're gonna go my head is flow overflowing with possibilities right. and i'm excited by the ending that i walked away being like man i really liked that but now looking back at on it as a movie it just doesn't seem that fun huh. it doesn't seem that great it seems very paint by numbers in between everything that's really interesting yeah and i only like those couple scenes right but it begs the question of like, are there other movies that I remember liking, but really I just like a couple things? You know what else that happened to me with? What's that? Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. I love the Man of Steel trailer. Yep. I love the scene where Pa Kent is going to get swept away in the tornado. Right. But I don't really like Man of Steel. And I walked away from the theater being like, I really like this movie. And then I rewatched it later. And I was like, I don't really like this movie. Yeah. So I, f- I feel sad that I one don't of, like Scream 4. I, used, I, I, used to, I almost got a Scream 4 tattoo the day before that. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Uh, one ju- of, ju- just <laughs> the opening, yes. then the scene in the middle. It's someone reading real close because the text is so small. Um, one of the categories in, in the Brammies and Chammies, Chuck and I uh, have year-end awards for a lot of different categories, including movies. Mm-hmm. One of the categories is Childhood Ruiner. Yeah, and yeah. it's when you watch a movie now that you used to love and you find that it didn't hold up as much. So uh, I'm interested if Scream 4 is kind of a childhood ruiner, even though in this case your childhood would have been your mid-20s. <laughs> it's the Childhood Ruiner is an exaggerated yes, yeah. title, of course. Right. But man, yeah, I felt so... 
guilty. I felt like I was turning my back on a friend. Oh, man. We're going to talk about guilt when we get to my movies. All right. Well, what, what did you watch this week? And by the way, the rest of my week was populated with more Sopranos episodes. Right. Um, I don't think I watched anything else of note. Okay. Um, you know, flipping through. Actually, I, I will say this. I watched a couple of new Family Guy episodes. Right. And they were hilarious. Yeah. What was the episode that I, emailed, that I texted you about? What did I say to you in that in that uh, text message? Oh, man. I was like, we wrote this joke. Oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, there was an episode where Meg, like, they accidentally think she's dead. Yes. There's so many jokes in that episode. The Quiznos subcard joke. Yep. Everything was so funny. And I'm like, me and Gina were watching it. We were laughing so hard. I'm like, I love Family Guy. I think it's so funny. Yep. They're so far along that their episodes can only really be repetitive or kind of feel like they've been done before in some in some ways. Right. And not their huge ones, like their road to Germany. Right. Or like a big Christmas thing or a Star Wars thing or, or their time travel things. Those are like landmark episodes. They right. can't, you obviously can't do those every week. Yeah, the 150th episode in the bank vault to me was like, whew. Yeah, exactly. But like a lot of their regular episodes, I think people are just like, ah, Family Guy. And they kind of think of it as like another show that's been on for 100 years. Right. Where like they're like, next week, Lois gets a job. This yeah. week, and like I understand because it's like, what do you do on that show for new plots? But the jokes that populate those stories... Man, I was laughing so much. It was good. so good. That's great. Yeah, they did They did a lot of deep, deep callbacks in one of them to the point that I was like shocked at how deep they were. Um, they did a joke about, uh, they were like, coming up next, um, a uh, an uncomfortable apology with Joaquin Phoenix. You know what that's a reference to? When they made fun of him in a wicked mean way, like eight years ago. Remember that? Wow. When they said that River Phoenix died and now all we have left is a hair lip reminder. Yep. And it showed a picture of Joaquin, yep. went to commercial, came back, and they said, are you still watching Joaquin? Well, now you're our friend. There was a it, that line of, and net coming up next, yep. a half-hearted apology with Joaquin Phoenix, was a reference to that episode. Wow. And it cuts to Peter and Joaquin sitting at a table, and Peter goes, well? <laughs> and I'm like, I get this joke, but it's paying off a setup that's yeah. from how long ago? Yeah. They wow. went to a scene where it's a world of frogs and one of them, the frog has like a little Peter. Mm -hmm. Remember when, when Chris had the frog and they tried to throw it at the window and he had the box and he was trying to pick it up and yep. it's this long and it was a frog doing that with Peter, like a dead small Peter. Wow. And I was like, damn. And it was all in this, it was in a different episode, I think, yeah. but I was like, this is crazy. I think it's funny because I think that that's a show where the it's casual viewers for the most yeah. part that we were just talking about. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I basically feel like people have kind of written off Family Guy from a real comedy perspective because it's been around for so long. Right. But man, did it make me laugh this week. It was that's great. so funny. It was great. It was very good. All right. So tell me about what you watched. So uh, Friday night, uh, you know, I looked at my... Uh, watch list on the Just Watch app mm -hmm. on my telephone. Yep. And I was like, you know what? It's time. Uh, for the first time ever, I will watch the 1982 uh, science fiction film Blade Runner mm. based on the Which book, I've always wanted to watch. Based on the the, the short story, the book, yeah. uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Now, I've read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep because at one point I was like, it's important to read Philip K. Dick. And I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd never seen Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Harrison Ford, uh, you know, and kind of lauded as this seminal science fiction movie in terms of like dark action and the ending is, you know, um, you know, you're, you're kind of questioning what the real ending was mm -hmm. and motivations of characters. And uh, so I watched it. 
But you watched the weird, uh, the third cut of it. I, I watched the cut that Ridley Scott is satisfied with. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a theatrical cut? Yep. Then? There's a, a, a director's qu- uh, cut, and I'm putting that in quotes because he didn't actually cut it. Who cut it? Uh, I don't know, the studio. And then <laughs> the opposite of the director. Yeah. And then, and then the, it, it's like, it's on YouTube as like Blade Runner final cut. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I recognize that my story accepting, uh, senses have been shaped by the media I've seen in my life. And so uh-huh. I'm expecting story beats to pay off in certain ways at certain times huh. And this doesn't necessarily hit it, partly because it's, you know, a unique film and partly because it came out in 1982. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's 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 why the first Star Wars feels oddly paced uh, because of when it came out and what it was doing for viewers at the time. Mm. Uh, you know, the look of Blade Runner is like dark mm-hmm. and moody mm-hmm. uh and that was kind of how i felt going into it mm-hmm. so i'm like ah this will this will just reinforce what i'm feeling and amplify it and maybe it did which was not for the best <laughs> <coughs> yeah um and you know the hate flows through it yes <laughs> wrong, wrong movie um, <laughs> no, i was gonna say <laughs> i i thought that that uh, uh one storyline was going to be big because that's the one i've heard talked about the most yeah not really referenced overtly oh, man. for you, a significant amount. Did you look film. up the difference between all these cuts? I did. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. What'd they say? Well, the first one is, uh, the, the theatrical cut was like an hour and 32 minutes. And then uh, so, there was like, <clears throat> this voiceover was used, mm-hmm. the ending was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second cut that came out, uh, either they, they changed the voiceover or, or, you know, put scenes in, in different order. And then the third one was the one that Ridley Scott cut. How so. long is the Ridley Scott one? Uh, hour and 57 minutes. Wow, so it's like not that. that much longer. No, it's not bad. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I, d- I don't know that I terrifically enjoyed the experience, but I really feel like it's a movie that probably gets better with re- repeat viewings. Yeah, I, I'd like to, I've always wanted to watch Blade Runner. One thing I would not recommend doing is reading the IMDb trivia because it is pages and pages and pages of minutiae. Really? Ugh, worse than ever before. <laughs> Because there have been there have been there have been so many documentaries on it, yeah, and that there's so many facts out there, and people are like, "All right, I learned this fact. I'm going to type it into IMDb, and I'm just scrolling and scrolling oh, and scrolling." Any and scroll- juice ones? Juice boxes? Uh, not not necessarily ones. Is that what you call a good juicy fact. It is. It, I you call them juice, juice boxes. Box? I call it juice box. It was a great one. It's a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible one. Just fruit by the foot. No yes. juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's weird because they're like the gun was actually this, and it was modified like that, and the, the car was based on this, and they it was interesting. There's a scene where uh, one of the the replicants, <clears throat> it's a woman, she's wearing a clear jacket, and she like runs and jumps through a, like I think a plate glass window of some sort, mm. and they're like they filmed that well after like principal photography had finished, and she was surprised she could still fit in the outfit. Like, well, like, possibly years after. Wow. Uh, and then did some digital uh, hooey with her face. Really? Yeah, so it was... Uh, hooey face. Yeah, so it was pretty crazy. Um, but, like, you know, the face-off between the the protagonist, Harrison Ford, and the antagonist, Rutger Hauer, not really what you expect from, yeah. like, a, a face-off at the end. Sure. Uh, I learned that there's a, like Harrison Ford or, you know, Deckard makes a jump uh, at the end from one building to another and he like barely makes it. Mm-hmm. 
And that was that was real. His stuntman like barely made the jump. Wow! And uh, that's the the take they kept. Much like in Die Hard, where the, he jumps into the uh, elevator shaft and he yeah. misses a vent and grabs the second one. Yeah, uh, that was not intentional, and it was kept because it kind of shows the everyman nature of things. Sure, sure. <clears throat> so yeah, I I I I think it's a movie that's important to watch. But I don't know that I really enjoyed watching it. But admittedly, wow. much like with the Mel Gibson film Ransom, I went into it not in a great frame of mind. <laughs> yeah. So man, we can. There's so many things that we watch together that have specific uh, stories attached to them. Yeah. That was so funny. What was your big problem with Ransom? That it was too obvious what was going on because I know the symptoms of radiation poisoning and no one else in our group did. <laughs> so what was it? Someone had radiation poisoning and yeah, it was like a secret? Yeah, somebody died from it and that was like, they were releasing, you know, irradiated waste and uh, and that was the big secret the company was trying to, I don't know if it was the movie Ransom or Payback, one it's of the radiation two. radiation poisoning. That was basically me in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious to everyone. <laughs> I was grumpy going in, and so I was grumpy coming out. I feel like there was a sandwich or a bathroom issue, too, that we had like, uh, a fight about. Like, you were like, it's stupid that he did this thing at a, at a public bathroom at the end. Probably. Did he escape through something, a window, or there was a gun? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Man, it's pay, been a, Ransom. It's been a, yeah, I don't know if it was Ransom or Payback. No, it was Payback. It was, it was Payback, because yeah. Ransom is the one that came out in like, the late 90s. Oh, where he's like, I, I, uh, give me my son? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Get off my plane. <laughs> there we go. That's yeah, what I was thinking. thinking. <laughs> did he say that in, in uh Blade Runner? He did not. Get off my ship. Get get off my space car. No ticket. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just all the stuff. He was was supposed to wear a hat in the movie. This is a juice box. Not a juice box. (laughs) It is a juice box. Not a gush. It's fruit by the foot. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Bad fact. He was was supposed to wear a hat. but he was raining it on how much juice. (laughs) He had just finished filming one of the Indiana Jones movies, and he's like, I don't want to wear a hat in this movie. So he just didn't. They're like, we want you to be a cool noir detective. He's like, nope. I love that. Get off my plane. Give me a gusher. Give me a gusher. (laughs) I I got nothing. I got no gushers. It's going to be one. You went through the whole thing. I don't remember them all. Give me a juice box. I I, I got nothing. (laughs) All I've got is fruit by the foot. That's all I have in terms of juicy facts. There's no actual juice. <laughs> Just processed wax. <laughs> processed flavored wax. That's the only facts I have. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things we ever come up with. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's funny because like, technically... A juice box has more juice than a gusher? Is that what you were going to say? Because yeah, it's a but, box of juice but. and a gusher just has this much juice? Yeah, but. But. Which one do you think of as like explosive? <laughs> oh, gushers, of course. Yeah, it's called gushers. It oh, gushes. hilarious. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Fine, give me a fruit by the foot. I, I just gave it to you. He That's didn't want to wear one. a hat. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, he, give me 12 uh, inches. He uh, he he was doing a, a love scene with Sean Young, uh, the replicant, and uh, I think he threw her against the wall too hard. No, I mean, yeah, somebody got legitimately hurt, and it, it, I don't know if it was her, uh, her or Daryl Hannah. Uh, all right, here's here's one. Yeah, here we go. All right, so there's a scene where Daryl Hannah, as a replicant, uh, who's like tarted up mm-hmm. uh, to look, you know, uh, sort of like like if David Bowie were a prostitute. Okay. <clears throat> and she tries to uh, 
she jumps on Harrison Ford's shoulders okay. and like tries to like break his neck with her thighs. Yeah. Because replicants are like stronger than humans and apparently can do this. Right. And so th they hired a gymnast as a stunt double, but it took too long to set up. So that gymnast was like gone. So they had to have a male gymnast come in <laughs> and, and like do the scene because all you see is the legs because you're looking at Harrison Ford's face. Yeah. So it's a male gymnast, you know, was it, thighs. Can you tell? Was it hairy thighs and a nutsack? Well, uh, no. <laughs> that would be that would be a gusher. that would be a gusher. Yeah, uh, but it'd be you know one that you notice when you watch the yeah, like, so. You know, I was all right. Daryl Hannah has a weird looking scrotum though. <laughs> no, like it would it would have to be like the camera is so close to Harrison Ford that it's the background is kind of out of focus, right? So you don't notice much, it. Much much like you in, read the gusher, it, then well, you go back and you notice it's not. Or, or in in Jaws, the remaster, oh my where God, you can the see match. that the, the woman is naked. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it turns into a porn if it in, in HD. Yes, it does. Um, so that's Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> gushers, juice boxes, and fruit by the foot. Included. How can there be this many documentaries and no gushers? I I, I just don't know the gushers, and I'm not going to look them up. <laughs> Um, so that was Friday night. I, I could joke about <laughs> this I, I know you could. I'm trying to move it along. <laughs> At the end of time. Uh, so that was Friday night. Saturday, I'm home. I'm a little sunburned. And I'm like, all right, it makes sense to watch the uh, the sequel filmed, you know, 35 years later. Yeah. Uh, and watch Blade Runner 2049. Now, I love the movie Arrival. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about yeah, the movie uh, Prisoners, Enemy. Um, it's They're all directed by Denis Villanueva. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure how to say it. Ray Harrington was the one who was like, it's not Dennis, it's Denis. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's the kind of person he is. Yeah. Well, he wants to make sure his friends are correct. I get it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm the one with the ego. Huh? I'm just saying. So, <laughs> um, I like Arrival. I like Villeneuve yeah. as a director. Yeah. And I was excited to see Blade Runner 2049. And it was a chore. Really? Yeah, it's people got love this stars movie. Ryan Gosling. I mean, it's a smart movie, but man, it's it's two hours and forty five minutes long. I had to watch part of it on Saturday night and part of it on Sunday afternoon. I heard that people <laughs> were like, like in love with this movie. It's like the best movie that's ever come out. It's very maybe that's not what they art, said. Artsy and or fartsy. Yeah, but I found like scenes were. You know, you, you've talked about you really want to live in the world. Yes. And that's why you enjoy Stranger Things so much, because it gives you time to live in the world. And when we watch movies like uh, Upgrade. Yeah. Ah, sorry, not Upgrade. Like older movies. We watched just uh, something older recently that really like let you kind of have these slow okay. shots. I guess Invitation maybe fits in. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It's, uh, sorry. This Blade Runner 2049 does give you that chance. Yeah. But man, I was not feeling it. Wow. Ryan Gosling was good. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford enters in like the third act of the film. Batista, who I watched those two movies starring him yeah. last week, Batista's in the first scene. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's just good stuff. It just seemed that everything took about 20% longer than it needed to. Uh, and uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I liked it a lot more, but it just didn't land with me. And, you know, I realize that happens. Different movies appeal to different people in different ways, but I feel guilty that I didn't enjoy both of these films more wow. than I did. I'd like to watch both of them, to be honest. Yeah. It's tough. Gina's a tough nugget when it comes to these things. She sure is. It's like, uh, it's hard because if I made a hard sell, yep. she would say yes and we'd watch it and that's fine. But I know that she would hard sell me back on something else that, yeah. I'm, that I don't want to watch. 
I, I think and it's weird because uh, I'm I'm pretty open. I say that I'm open, but then I say that sentence, it makes me feel like I'm not open. Right. What do you think? I think you're open to stuff. It's just you know you have to be in in the mood. Um, yeah, it's hard. She'll she like, you know what she wants to watch, and I love Justin Long. I I I appreciate him as a talent. I think he's great. I think he's funny. I think he's uh, snappy. I yep. think that he's likable. But there's this new movie coming out where he's a teacher. Okay. And he says like a it's a writing class, and he says and he makes he asks them to write about something, and someone writes something sexual. He gets in trouble. He gets fired. Okay. His grandmother's in the hospital, and she's dying. And the trailer is just that, and it's sad, and it's a drama, and there's sad music, and it's his sister, and right. they're like, what are you going to do with your life? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, grandma's dying. And it's just one of those sad movies Oof. that's like, we got a family, a bad thing happens, and another bad thing happens, but we're still a family. And like that's yeah. how it is. I don't want to watch it. I think it's only going to bring me sadness. I don't think I've ever walked away from a movie like that feeling like it was a great movie right. or a great story. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, what dramas do I like? And I'm like, I'm like well, I love prisoners i love brothers uh the wrestler the wrestler um there's a million i mean i like chasing amy there's a million there's a million dramas that i really like a lot but there's these ones that have kind of become popular in the past like 15 years like oh uh jesse and celeste forever yep which is a great movie actually but like that they're just so repetitively sad right and more and more and more sad oh southpaw I will, say, I will say at one point in time, you and I and others were gonna have we were gonna watch the movie. I think it was My Sister's Keeper, and we're gonna measure keep, our tears. Yeah, see who keep trying who most. cried the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, which which would make it way more fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, but like, I don't really want to sit and like just like get into like we watched. Uh, you know, we watched last year, Ray Romano, Paddleton. You see this advertised on Netflix. I've I've heard the name because I thought it was Paddington. Yes, it's, it's Ray Romano and his buddy, who I don't know the actor, and they're basically like almost fifty. Okay, and they both live in apartments. Uh, one lives like in the upstairs apartment, one lives downstairs in apartment building. Neither of them have has significant others or any family at all. Ah, okay. So and they why don't just call it Braddleton? <laughs> they just hang out every day and watch like you know, a movie and order pizza and their whole life is they have a nine to five job. They're 460 episodes into a podcast is their, their whole life is they have a nine to five job and they get together and they watch like a movie and like watch TV and order pizza. And they just could kind of talk and their friends. And that's all they have really. One day the guy goes to Ray, to, to Ray Romano, uh, the upstairs guy. And he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, went to the doctor. Uh, and he's, it's kind of dry. And he's like, right. yeah. So like, um, I have this kind of, uh, terminal disease and I have like two months to live and so I thought we could go on this like trip and do this thing and they go on this very low-key road trip and Ray Her- and Ray Ron is like oh okay you're and they play this like they play this game called Paddleton which is basically okay. tennis off a wall and he's like alright you know he's like uh, uh. Yep. and uh, it's all very low-key he's like yeah he's like um, you know I'm gonna, I have uh, I have this box and uh, you know there's stuff in it for you and he's like okay and they're like, they're, and he's like, you have to bring me to this place and they're going to give me an injection that's going to kill me before I wow. have to painfully go. And he's yep. like, okay. And the whole thing is just sad. Yeah. And it's this guy and it's about their relationship and he's losing the guy and that's it. And it's right. just fucking outrageously depressing. I, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't like the experience of watching this. Okay. It's too sad. Yeah. It's- and I, I'll watch, I mean, I'm going to say this, like Southpaw, awesome. Fucking loved it. 
But that movie danced in an area that was so sad that I didn't know if it was worth the goodness. Yeah. Like Prisoners is is scary in terms of like real life scary, not like right. alien scary. And also like, oh, what could happen? Yeah. Right. But then, you know, good things happen. There's redemption and there's this and it's a story and it's a mystery. And like all these things, the sadness is part of it. But these movies where it's like, let's just be sad. Everything's sad. Like Dan in real life, I never watched. That movie looks like a sad Ooh, one. I did watch that, but I don't really remember it. Uh, like there's some, I don't know. All these, these, There's some movies out there that are just like, they're, they're called like cry pieces. I don't know what they are. Although I love 50-50 and 50-50 is... Very sad. Outrageously oh, sad. They're, you know, they're both so charming though. Yeah. And I think there's a happy ending. Right? Yes. Yes. A lot of these sad movies, it's a sad ending. Anyway, yep. so she tries to get me to watch those movies. So if I right. said we're going to watch Blade Runner, I'm watching, you know, Justin Long loses his grandmother and his job in the same week. Yeah. It's really like, it's a weird title for that <laughs> film because Justin Long, is that the name of the character? <laughs> yeah. 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 Is it a documentary? Yeah. I didn't think it was in it. Yeah. So anyway... So anyway, I I have a tough time, but she wants to watch those movies. I don't even understand it. You know, uh, give and take, part of a relationship. Do you watch any movies like that? Uh, no, but I feel like the things that have made me emotional, um, like recently. Yeah, would you cry? You cried a lot at something recently. Um, the Mister Rogers documentary. There you go. That's what it was. But like, you know, I was I was on a walk Friday night, and are I was, those happy tears? Uh, I think it's just I'm overwhelmed tears. Oh, okay. uh, just a sad song. I uh, got that at the end of Fast and Furious Eight. Yes, almost made me cry, like in the middle of downtown Warren on Friday night. Which song? A sad song? Yeah, sad song. Oh, by no. Sam Russo. It's called I, The Darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't even say it out loud. I, you know what? I don't think it's by. I don't think it's about the video game, The oh, Darkness. What did I want to tell you on the podcast? And it made me cry, and I cried again when I told you. Oh, I remember it was something in the past couple oh, months. I'll, I'll say like uh, videos of like. Uh, there was a, 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 a like a, a middle school boy oh. a, in class, oh. and they're like they gave him the the glasses so you could see color. Oh, I can't take the color glasses. <laughs> and he looks around. Oh, get out of and, here! And with then the he takes of them color. off, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And he breaks down, and then I break down. And the teacher hugs him. There's no teacher hugging me. If there's if there if someone was like, you will will you pay for every colorblind person to get the color glasses, and you never have to see them see color for the first time, I'd be like. Take yeah. every dollar I have. <laughs> I never want to see a colorblind see person see color in my life. I want them to yep. see color. Yep. I don't want to experience the, the emotional roller coaster that you go through when you watch one of those. Oh videos. my goodness! Uh, or like little girl finds out she's being adopted, and it's like her opening a birthday <laughs> present. Oh, right. These are the things that uh, I, I you ever see the one that's like. Uh, we cut open this deaf girl's head and we put this speaker inside it. And, and now she called, can hear. It's called a cochlear implant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now she can hear. Yep. And we're going to play. And they, and we're going to play Sir Mix-a-Lot for the first time. <laughs> Press play. And she wells up with tears. Yeah. And looks at herself in the mirror. <laughs> no, no. Those are like, beautiful. The cochlear implant ones. I mean, yep. it's identical. Yeah. You know what? The ones that have been coming up. And I'm, I honestly was like looking for an option on YouTube to be like, don't show me this. I'm not subscribed to this channel. Yep. And I, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to open YouTube right now and it's going to show me one of these and I'm not subscribed to this channel and every fucking day it shows me a new one. Every day I have to watch it. You ready? Yes. I'm going home on YouTube right now. All right. I'm, I'm All excited right. to hear what this is. Third video, first video in Tom Green uh, stand up. Yep. Okay. Second one in Melissa Villasenor, America's Got Talent. Third one in is what I'm talking about. Okay. What is it's it called? It's by Howl of a Dog. Okay. And it's, uh, basically, Howl of a Dog is like, 
I, I honestly think it's like a, a guy in Romania who houses dogs or has like a, you know, a rehab facility or something for dogs. Okay. This one's called Dog Spent Entire Life on the Street Until a Tourist Spotted Her. But it'll be complete. It's not a story. Right. It's a person videotaping what happened. So the last ones. Uh, the la- I want to. Why do you the- Why do you keep watching them? Because I, that's what you're because telling. There's the- a happy ending. Because here's the thing: they you're all telling have happy the al- Yeah, but if it's making you cry and you don't want to cry, <laughs> stop watching them. You're <laughs> telling the algorithm, <laughs> "I want to cry." <laughs> Abandoned dog sleeps in the snow for days until a tourist notices him, and it's literally a hotel on a highway, and the dog is sleeping in the snow and shaking and shaking, yep. and that person becomes friends with them, and it's like every day they show me. I can't even look at these, but they all end happy. Right. They all end like. Uh, this dog was either adopted, malnourished, or, yeah. or their leg was broken, or they were cold, or they didn't have a family, and all these different things. And they bring him there, and maybe they don't get a family by the end, but they're operated on, their leg is healed, right. they're no longer malnourished, they're no longer scared of people. It's always a happy ending. But every day, it shows me one of these videos, The Howl of a Dog, and I cry every single day and watch it, and I hug my dog. Oh. It's terrifying. See, for me, it's weird because for me, it's the the Reddit thread made me smile, mm-hmm. and I just go through those, and those are the ones that are, you know, so and so gets. Are adopted. they sad? No, they're like they're they're, they're happy. They're happy. It, it's it you know, uh, man finds out he's going to be a grandpa, or um, you know, woman hear like listens to a stranger's chest to hear her son's heart. You know, oh, he was an organ those donor. I can't take. Oh yeah, those I cannot so, take. So. And, you know, I'm like, some of them, you know, just genuinely make me smile, but some of them overwhelm me to the point where I have to, like, get up and walk away from the computer and, like, compose myself before I go back in. (laughs) Compose myself. What was the one that I sent you about the old man and the old lady? Remember that, like, years ago? And you're like, fuck you. (laughs) I I know we've we've sent the the girl uh, watching up. Uh, back and forth where she was slowly passing away and uh, she wanted to see the movie and so... Pixar like took her a screener and she was too sick to open her eyes. So her mom described oh, shut the, the fuck whole thing. You sent it to I me. I never wanted to say that. I never wanted to even hear about that. I I scrubbed that from my memory. Well, I am re-scrubbing it back in there. <laughs> okay. Is that how it works? All right. Well, uh, I don't want to talk about that stuff anymore. All right. So anyway, Blade, you watch Blade Runner. Yep. And Blade Runner 2049. I'll, I'll watch them sometime. I yeah. want to. Yeah. I, I, I you know. I don't think they're bad movies. I think they hit me at the wrong time. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, oh, maybe, maybe we'll watch them together. Yeah. Uh, they uh, HBO Max is starting soon. Yes. They have a strange collection of films on there. I'm sure. I mean, they have like cool things like the entire Alien series, right. the entire Die Hard series, and all the new James Bonds, I think. But they also have like the new Friday the 13th. Oh. Like one of the Mighty Ducks movies. Like okay. something like weird yeah. like that. They actually have all the Mighty Ducks movies, which I think is strange. Oh, thank goodness. But, oh, one of the X-Men movies. They have Dark Phoenix and that's it. Mm. It's just very strange. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, that's goes. currently on HBO, so maybe that's why. Yeah, that's probably yeah. why. All right, man. Well, I think that's it for this week. We kind of had a, a, a lighter topic yeah, load. Some, some oleo, if you will. Yeah. Uh, folks out there, if you have things you want us to talk about or feelings on what we did discuss, yeah. uh, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. You can also find us on social media or on Facebook as the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Yeah. He is on Twitter and Instagram as at Discount Chuck. Mm-hmm. And I am at Brad Rohr, B-R-A-D-R-O-H. R-E-R. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Thank yeah, you for that. I am not a hillbilly. Regardless of the fact that I have this weird long hair and a red, white, and blue hat. 
and a checkered shirt. You and I, I, I live with a pitchfork under my bed. <laughs> you, you look like the guy from the Mountain Dew throwback can. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you. I am not a prospector. It's a, a niche reference, um, folks out there. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, we 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 appreciate it. We appreciate you. Uh, if you need anything, let us know. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Deuces.